0: Hey, fellow tennis nerds, I hope all is well. I still have a bit of a blocked nose, so I'm talking through my nose, and you have to live with that. Uh, And also another person who has to live with that is my buddy Henrik. We've done a bunch of these. I don't know how many, but we always talk about rackets. Henrik is a racket reviewer, proper racket nerd, writes for Swedish Tennis Magazine. He strings for the Swedish Davis Cup team as well. He knows a lot about gear, and we always have a fun conversation. So welcome to the podcast, Henrik.
1: Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be here
0: Great, so and you have been pretty busy I know you have an injury now, like a knee injury which I'm not unfamiliar with so and that's how we started the conversation before we pressed record and Henrik is in the sauna right now which is uh, a good location for a podcast
1: Yeah, very unusual I think it's not that many podcasts that's been recording in a sauna actually but I have some problems with my knee I'm old now, plus 45 years old and heavy, so uh, it takes its toll on the body, and um, um, yeah, I need to to cure it as soon as possible because I have heaps of fra- new frames to try. So I need to get yeah. uh, back in shape again very soon.
0: Yeah, it's always uh, extra pain when you are looking forward to testing new gear and then you have, you know, an injury that has to put you a little bit on hold. Uh, and you have what do you have? You have pro staffs. You've been testing the new radicals. Is there something else on the way to you?
1: Yeah, I've been trying the new the Radical MP. I have just got the maybe a bit late, but I got the Prince Vortex. Oh yeah, uh, and the new Beast One Hundred. And I will tomorrow. I will get the new Pro Staff Ninety Seven and the Pro Staff. I think it's called Just X, or is it called One Hundred X? The new. 100 version, 6019 Pro stuff, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, do I have something more? Yeah, I have also a new frame from Head, <clears throat> um, a frame that Sverev will use. I don't know if it's official yet or if we can talk about that, but I have that frame at, some, at home as well.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. The new gravity yeah. that's uh, yeah. coming out. I mean, we can't show pictures. That's what they told me. I, I recently went to Kendallbach, which I know you've been before as well, uh, with a bunch of uh, content creators. And we, we tried the new gravities. I've tried them for, for quite a while now. And uh, yeah, I really like the new generation, which is coming in April, but should be revealed in March. So for you guys out there who are gravity fans, I uh, look forward to that. And uh, it's, it's uh, obviously one of the better control rackets on the market, I would say.
1: Yeah, the design, um, that is, will be very, very interesting for people to see. It's uh, I, have to, I, I know we cannot comment too much on it, but it's the best looking racket I've ever seen. So it's I really like that one.
0: Yeah, I, I believe so too. I think it's the the best one they've done. I mean, they've, they've done some interesting designs in the past, but this is just pretty much feels like a home run. And I think it's an easy sell uh, for other tennis nerds and, and tennis players out there. And I think it's interesting with, with the cosmetics because it's always such a polarizing topic. And we talked about the new pro staffs. And, and last time we talked a few podcasts ago, uh, you said that uh, the the pro staff obviously had a little bit of a mixed uh, review from, from people who have seen it. Like some thought it looked like, uh, I don't know what, maybe some uh, not flattering words, but it, it's like brown kind of brown and bronze in a way I haven't seen it in person yet I hope to get the next shipment from Tennis Warehouse Europe with demos I hope it's the new pro staffs I have the shift now arrived today so I'm gonna try the shift myself uh, but um, what do you think of the design of the new cosmetic of the pro staff have you seen it up close or you've seen it on pictures only
1: i only seen it on pictures but I will get it tomorrow so maybe we should do this uh, tomorrow as well but uh I will get it tomorrow, but the pictures I've seen seems to be more promising than the first pictures, um, the um, presentation pictures. It, I think it looks actually pretty cool. It looks a bit, uh, or a fair bit about, do you remember the Prince Boron racket that yeah, yeah. Carlson used to play? Yeah, it's. Uh, it reminds me a lot of that racket in the color. Yeah. So, um, I think it will be it will be good. It looks exclusive from at least from the pictures.
0: Yeah, and it's it's something new as well. I mean, I, I always have to hand it that they try something new, even if it's sometimes a flop that they at least try something that is different and it's not like because uh... I mean, the easy one would be to just do another blacked out version with a slightly different text or whatever. That would be the easy option. Uh, so this is a little bit of a of a gutsy move, and I, I like it. And I also think that the I think it's synthetic grip, but it looks like leather. Um, that one looks looks great uh, on it. They call actually the racket colors from from tennis Warehouse, They call it rust, which is uh, uh, could be it. Maybe it's a rust colored design. I, I don't know, but it, it looks pretty cool to me. I, I actually don't like it uh, or don't dislike it as much as I've heard some do. But I think once in when it is in your hand. I think it also looks better generally with these kind of color-shifting designs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will post it on Instagram as soon as I get it tomorrow. Great. Uh, So it will be interesting to see like not, um, how do you say, not uh, like uh, Photoshopped uh, pictures uh, with perfect lights and stuff like that. So it will be interesting to see how people react to a normal, non-selling photo, so to say, just like a normal photo or picture of the frame. So it will be interesting to see how the feedback is from from the players. And it will be very, very interesting to try it out as soon as I'm back in one piece again. Uh, And especially the, the X, I think that is a racket, just judging from the specifications, that is a frame that, I mean, I could easily see myself play tournaments with it. It's 16, 19, 100 and 315 grams. Um, perfect uh, specifications for my game, at least.
0: Yeah, I, I I, thought of you when I saw the specs, because I, I know you usually like a 100-square-inch racket, but you don't want the full 26-millimeter beam, which is kind of common on the pure drives and the, the extremes and these types of rackets that are quite extreme in power. Uh, but this one has like a 21.5-millimeter, so that means it's going to be a little bit more... Uh, controlled and it's going to move through the air a bit faster which I also like so if it's going to be a square inch, I prefer these types of, of control whether it's like a Phantom or Gravity or this Pro Staff X so it, it's quite exciting and to see how it plays
1: yeah I'm really looking forward to it as well it's one of the most uh, um, how do you say on English uh, it's one of the most wanted rackets for me the last couple of years Um, that i'm looking forward to play because it's a racket i think that i could switch to just seeing the specifications so um it will be interesting to try for sure
0: yeah i i think so too i think it will be an interesting review Uh, as usually with the 97 uh, that is a racket that is not easy to use so we talk about that a lot like you you love to play with a control racket like i do but when you play better players you do feel like the, the power is not enough. That's how sometimes I feel like pretty much every single time, you know, you, you play against a, a same level player or a weaker player and you can play with whatever pretty much. And then suddenly you, you play with someone who, who hits a bigger ball and then you have to kind of get some more help from the frame. And uh, that's the problem I think with the 97, although that would probably play, play very nicely. I did like the previous version 13, but that was very low powered as well. So I, I think they uh I'm not sure if they've updated the the power uh, of on <clears> this one but uh but it's it's gonna be tough to use for for I would say most tennis players out there
1: yeah, I think so too uh, out in the corners out on the defense on the stretch smaller head size with lower power of course they will um not exactly help you Uh, and the older you get the more help you need out in the corners. I mean we don't move as good as we do in the mid-20s and um, I think when they are making like a player racket but with a tad bigger head size that's just perfect. It's like when Federer um, replaced his old Uh, His old Wilson and went for the 97, it's the same. uh, I mean, he got a really big boost, much better help than his old 90 square inch version. And I mean, it's not that much, um, but it's enough to give some extra help. And it's one point here, one point there. And two extra square inches is often enough to give you one or two extra points.
0: Yeah, that makes a a huge difference. And it's it's is interest, interesting. I, I sometimes watch the the reviews from from kind of customers from Tennis Warehouse, and they, it's already received five out of five stars. Two reviews, the ninety seven, which is quite rare. But these pro staffs are so beloved. I think it's a it's partly a Federer effect, of course. It's a it's a good racket, but overall, if I would say that there are quite a few intermediate rec players that should use ninety seven. Although those that have commented uh, comment that are like former D2 college player, which is pretty strong level, and then 5.0 NTRP level players. So they are good players. So uh, maybe they can can handle it. And it's it's a good one. But then for I think for the majority of tennis players, I think the Pro Staff X or the Pro Staff 6100, which they keep, uh, which I find a bit interesting that they have 200 two square inch Pro Staffs now, um, which similar specs, I'm not quite sure, what the idea is there? I think
1: that the the six one one hundred will be like a bit more controlled, a bit lower power level, and the uh, the X will be, I would presume, a bit more open string pattern, a bit more power, uh, like a more attacking, or like more like a baseline grinding racket, and the six one one hundred maybe will be more like um, Del Potro style. Uh, A type of racket with player for players that hits really hard yeah um but it's really strange that actually they do two pro stats uh 100 um and then they also have the blade 100 so um yeah it's
0: like it's like head and they also have the shift 100 or it's a it's a 99 but it's i mean that's pretty much 100 i would say And an ultra 100. Don't forget. Like so, it's funny with these uh, racket companies because a lot of them now they have so many frames that are on. We always say this about head, but they always they seem to keep adding models, and now they like have so many rackets within the same spec range. So if we look at like blade 100, okay, the ultra is 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 thicker in beam, so we can't really uh, put that in the same equation. Shift is a kind of medium, so that could be in the equation. So you have like the shift 99, and then you have the pro staff 6100. You have the pro staff x and you have the blade 100 all within the same ish spec range which is going to be a bit confusing if you like like a you know 100 square inch but you don't want to go all in on the power yeah it's um
1: they have a good variety to choose from at
0: least (laughs) that's the positive spin to it i would say it's also a confusing situation i think for a lot of customers but I, i think like when i talk to these brands i think it's I mean, this probably sells rackets, and and people want more rackets. This is what the market tells them, so they keep keep doing that. Um, and we'll see, you know, what what happens. I, I'm I'm curious about the shift. I mean, we I know you were not the biggest fan, and I, I haven't seen that many f- super fans of the of the shift. So I'm curious to try it myself. A little bit stiffer that one compared to the to the pro staffs, uh, which looks more my spec. But I'm always curious about new frames. This is obviously the prototype sign of the shift so we'll see how it plays
1: yeah it will be really interesting to see your take on the shift uh, the the frame that I got uh, was factory strung um, or strung from Wilson very low I would say maybe 40 42 pounds so my advice to you is to to string it in maybe 48 to 50 pounds um, because I think the length the depth con- depth control was a bit weak in, in that frame with low tension. So I think it could might might maybe suit your game if you go a bit higher in tension, and it will be really interesting to see your feedback from it. Um, yeah, yeah, it will be that's cool. Really
0: yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I'm keen to try it. I have um, both models in the office, so I'm gonna go in there tomorrow. And I'm playing alone on lunch. I'm going in the morning and stringing them up, and I'll try two different setups. I'll try maybe a little bit of a softer. I mean, I usually string around 23, 24 kilos. So I'll, I'll keep that kind of tension, but I'll try a softer poly and a stiffer poly and we'll see where we where we end up uh, with those. Uh, we'll be be on the channel soon for you guys who are listening. Uh, but then I'm curious to hear about the Radical because I was quite positive about the Radical MP, uh, the new Radical from Head, which is like on paper, not very much different, but they've added the Oxetic tech. And one of the things I did in my Head trip uh, over to Kenelbach besides testing the new Gravity Rackets, was to sit down with the engineer uh, and the engineers, really. But but Stefan, uh, a very smart and friendly guy who works for HEAD for a long time, 20 years now, and discuss what Oxetic does to rackets. And that was a, a very interesting conversation, which I hope to share for the Gravity Review. Uh, but what, what do you think of the, of the Radical?
1: I was extremely positive um, with this frame. I've used the... Um the um, the Graphene 360 Plus version a bit. I really wanted to to use that one because I thought it was looking really cool. But uh, the samples I got, I first got the, you know, the, you remember this um like um, silverish samples they was first sending out a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, yeah I still have one,
0: one of those in MP. I, I really yeah. like that yeah.
1: one. And the swing weight in those frames was really, really low, so it was easy to customize to, like three twenty-five swing weight. Yeah. But then I bought like three frames and the swing weight on all three was like three thirty-five or something. Oh, wow. And they were simply too sluggish, too heavy for me to use. I mean I I I am not good enough player to use that for the long run. So I was selling them. Um and then you New version I got now. The sample I got, it's um, uh, it was strung with uh, Links Tour Orange, and the swing weight was like 313 or something. Uh, very low compared to the previous version. I think Tennis Warehouse has like a swing weight of 323 or something. So I, I think it was a bit under specs. Yeah. And uh, I added some lead. To, I, I tried it in stock uh, with the factory strung uh, Lynx Tour. I used it in the tournament and it was good. It played really soft with the orange. Um, uh, so, for the second match, uh, I restrung it uh, with the Solinko Torby 1.5 kilos, which is maybe 49 pounds, uh, and added so the swing weight was 323.
0: The string. Is very important in the 360 plus. I also believe so in the new oxetic radical. So, so what what kind of setup did you end up liking the most?
1: In the old 360 plus, I um, uh, I used the um, I think I had the links tour the champagne color. I think that was the one that I was using in the end, but it was those frames were too heavy uh, so when i sold them the next time now i uh, in the Oxetic i used the uh, solinko torbite 125 uh, in 21.5 kilos or 49 pounds with some lead so 324 swing weight um no other customization like uh, silicone or anything just uh, like uh, some four small pieces of lead that the sides and it played really, really, really well. I mean, I could easily see myself using that frame. Uh, if let's say that I shouldn't have the um, Pro Staff X, for example, to try, uh, I would easily be like satisfied more than enough with the new Radical MP. I could easily use that one from now on in tournaments and have it as my main main racket. Um, I really, really like it um, for, I mean, I was surprised that I liked it so much actually and that I played so well with it because I think that with the Oxetic, I feel like the sweet spot was, how could I explain it in a normal, in a way so normal persons understand, um, they had made something to the sweet spot. Um, I would say the sweet spot feels more like wider in the racket, uh, in the... um, in the 360 plus, it felt more long, like narrow and long in the racket. But with the Oxetic, it felt more like like they had expanded the sweet spot out on the sides of the frame. So it would like cover more um, hitting area. And uh, for me, it was really, really good because I got some more help out in the corners. And um, yeah, it worked really well for me.
0: Great. No, I also noticed that. That's interesting. I also noticed that the sweet spot felt slightly different, like it expanded. And I I think that's what I said in the review. I'm not remember exactly, but I I did play the the Radical MP when I played the latest ITF in Malaga. I played it in all my singles matches, uh, which like, I was 100% confident in the racket. It didn't give me so much power, uh, which is not the idea, but I was confident. I felt like I could swing and and I won all my matches except the finals. So it it was a good... Test of our, our racket in the final. I play against a much better player, so it was not much to do there. Yeah, very, very good racket. I, I also agree that I think the the issue I had. I really liked both Radical of the three sixty plus, but then I, um, I got one with Head did like with my name on it. They, they did some like few, maybe two hundred rackets with the people's name on it uh, for influencers, whatever, friends of Head. Uh, and, uh, I also, that, that one, like, obviously you want to play with something that has your name on it. It's pretty cool. Like to have Jonas on the frame, but the swing weight was too much. And it's not only the swing weight. It's something weird because that the racket had just so much weight somewhere in the hoop. And I can't play with it. No matter. I tried every string I tried, like <laughs> gut and I tried everything in it, it doesn't work. Like I, I can't get it to play well. And it's just always three thirty plus swing weight. Uh, and and with this one, when I have it around 325 uh, or a little bit higher, it's perfect. So I think that, that is, it's always a bit dangerous when the manufacturers create rackets with a high swing weight. Because if they have quality control issues, you, you're ending up in a territory where it's not easy to play. And I think everything above 330 is for a very few players that doesn't play already ATP Pro. But like it's it's tough to use anything above 3.30, a strong swing weight, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, when I was training for the Swedish Davis Cup team against um, uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina, uh, like two weeks ago in Stockholm, I brought my head 3-in-1 machine and measured uh, the players' frames. And I, from if my memory is correct, none of the Swedish players had a strong swing weight over 3.30 33 or something like that. So uh, and they are like top top players in the world. Maybe yeah, yeah, you have some top top hundred. I mean,
0: like Mikalumi is top hundred player, right? So
1: yeah, and I think everyone had the highest was I think 333 sprung with a 130, and 130 makes maybe five six points more swing weight than a 125 or something like that. So yeah, and they are so even for. Those really good players, they are going lower and lower on the swing weight. And um, it's not that easy for an amateur player to handle like 330 and above. So one word of advice to to racket companies is like if they are uh, not that into quality control, Try to go for the lower end, not the higher end of the swing weight. So, because it makes it impossible to, to, to customize, and uh, it's make, I mean, let's say that you have two rackets, one 310 swing weight and one 335 swing weight. I mean, the 310 racket can still be saved very easily with some customization, but the 335, that's like lost money for a weaker player. So, so uh, it's important for them to really be careful with not going too high in the swing weight to see like uh, like almost like a defect racket or something. Try to go lower in the swing weight, um, better safe than sorry, so to say.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. And I, I, I think, I mean, like I measure all the pro player rackets that come through uh, the Armstrong Customs office here in Marbella and, and uh, you know, I haven't seen many that go super high, like around 350, 360 strong. They're like even guys that use PT-57As, like Ilya Ivashka and, and these types of guys, they, they use 330 often, a strong swing weight, like maybe 335. But I mean, even like Dan Evans, who uses 360-gram racket, he uses 327 swing weights. So uh, yeah. it, it's, it, it's like the swing weights are going down and for a good reason. Like you need to swing it fast. You can't swing like a 360 swing weight fast. Like we did an experiment, me and Daniel, who is a strong German club player. And we tried like Novak frame, Mario frame, and Agassi frame, and they're all like 360, 370 swing weights. And it's just so tough to use. Like it's it's ridiculous for any, even most pros, it would be tough to use it. So it, it's like, I, I agree with you hundred percent. When you're up in that swing weight range of 330 for a, a like stock frame, I don't know, man. It, it feels like it's uh, the wrong way to go. I think it's better to just go like 320. And then at least, I mean, most players will be able to play with it and you can actually add a bit of weight to it. But if you go above 320 strong, then you have some extra grams in the hoop and, and you're gone, right? It's a, it's a 335 uh, racket, which has happened to me quite a number of times. In recent times, I, I've received a lot of high swing weight rackets or crazy low swing weight rackets. Like I had the Dunlop's FX 200 no fx um tour the fx 500 tour the power control power control racket from from dunlop a very nice racket much improved i would say softer uh, but strong swing weight was 302 Uh, so and not quite up to scratch you need to add some weight to it for sure you know yeah and
1: um yeah and uh, the thing is that maybe they are thinking like, oh, then if we go too low, uh, then advanced players cannot use it. But most advanced players, they are like a bit into customization anyway. I mean, yeah. if you're a tournament player, everyone is talking about lead tape and stuff like that. So it would, will not be a problem for a, a, a good tournament player because they will still add some lead tape to it. So it's better they are looking actually to lower swing weight um, and then have, like maybe a good instruction on how to customize or something like that
0: yeah and that's my
1: advice at least yeah
0: no i think we've we've talked about this quite a few times i i, I still find it odd when you see these and I, it's also something to to be a bit mindful of if you if people out there are buying the new pro staff 97 because it has a listed average swing weight by tennis warehouse and they they do measure on an average because they have a bunch of frames usually i get one test frame henry gets one test frame and then it's, it's you know, we can measure on, on each side of, uh, of the, you know, pond, but it's, it's they have maybe 10. So, and then the average swing weight listed on Tennis Warehouse is 332 on the new pro staff. So if you're a little bit unlucky there, you, you for sure have 340. And then that is not the easiest to swing. So it's good to keep that in mind. And sometimes it's better to buy the lighter, in this case, for example, the 97 light, and customize that if you want that. Uh, that's also a, a small recommendation because then you have more room to customize.
1: Yeah, and the good thing is that often the light versions, they are like pretty much the same, but a couple of like maybe 10, 30 euros lower price. Uh, yeah. So um, it's uh, if you have some knowledge in customization, I always try to buy the lower weight because it's more fun and more room to, to customize. And it feels really good to have like Three, four, exactly same specification rackets, and uh, yeah, it's it's just fun to customize.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's and also you feel like I mean I I uh, took out today like a ten X Pro X Caliber, uh, which is was way light in swing weight, but I added quite a bit of weight to the hoop, and then it plays like a pro stock kind of. So it's like that happens, you know. If if you most pro stocks, if people don't know that, it, it's it's they are super light they're just like a hairpin and then the customizer or the company as actually adds the weight for the pro so this is usually how it is that's to actually make be sure that they can match it because if they the pro just had to have retail frames and then match them then it might have quality control issues and it might not be possible to match them so it's it's a little bit of a of a thing to understand uh, in in the the world of tennis rackets, uh, Prince. You're testing. Have you? Is this the old Vortex or is it a new Vortex you're testing?
1: It's. Uh, I think it's the the current version uh, that I think it was released like one year ago or something. But it's just arrived to Sweden uh, now. They are launching it now. The like uh, some kind of um, teal.
0: Yeah. teal yeah, it's the, that one. yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So I got the three. I think it was 310 grams. I got it yesterday, and the new beast. Uh, I think it also was like 300 grams uh, or something like that. Uh, I have not strung them yet, but um, the vortex looks really interesting. It's like 14 mains and what is it, 21 crosses or something like that?
0: Yeah, it's 21 crosses. It's uh, I mean, I know Tim who designs these rackets. He's a super smart racket designer of like 20 years experience or something like that. Uh, and he wanted to try something a little bit different. Obviously, these are kind of throwbacks because this there, there was a vortex in the Prince past, but now now they try to um to kind of bring it back. They did that same with the synergy as well. And um I, I actually liked the 310. I thought it was a it was a well playing racket. Uh, I, I'm not sure the tennis warehouse were as happy about it. But from the review, I just for watching it. I haven't talked to them about it, but but it actually played nice to me. Um, I didn't do know that their sales were not super good, so I think it's uh, we'll see if they keep this line or not. But I'm very curious to hear what you think because it's such a different approach to string patterns with 14 and 21.
1: Yeah, and I like the color as well and the V V shaped uh, throat, Um, um, more heart piece. Uh, from the racket so it it looks really cool uh, the beast looks it's it's like a cool design as well black with some red details so it it's, yes by looking at it it feels pretty much like the same as the old version uh, but the beast is like a very easy easy to use racket so it will be really nice to see how that plays as well yeah
0: um, the beast night 8 was it, was a was a very good stick actually i i enjoyed that yeah
1: so Prince Prince is making really good sticks. Uh, they are, <clears throat> I think almost I could say that Prince is the most underrated racket brand when it comes to like quality rackets. They are not making any like, okay, there is not that many bad rackets on the market right now, but Prince has really high quality, like really well dampened rackets with good, good, like you feel it's a quality product most of the time. Um yeah.
0: I agree. so it's um, yeah
1: they are they are doing a lot of things right now and if they let's say that let's say that they would have like um a couple of top 20 guys um, like interesting characters I think their sales would be much more let's say they would get like a modern Agassi or something like that they would sell a lot of rackets because it's a good classic brand with good good products
0: yep I agree I think that goes for a few of the Kind of, I wouldn't say forgotten, but they are a little bit like, I would say Prince and volkel I know Dunlop has been making strides; um, they've, they've hired uh, or hired, they have uh, sponsored a few up and coming players recently, so they're doing well. But Prince, they don't have, they only have John Isner as far as I know, at least on the men's side. And they, like you said, they still create great products. I, I mean, they have. Um, <clears throat> A racket I'm very excited about coming up. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but anyway. Uh, the the Prince um, Ripstick 98, because I really like the Prince Ripstick 300. I thought it was a fun racket to use, but a bit too much power. So a 98 would be kind of very cool uh, test. Although stringing all ports is not always fun, but I, I do like the technology. Uh, because I think you feel the ball really well, but it's still quite dampened. So they found like a good mix. And also I was contacted by... Um, I don't know if you know him. Uh, maybe you're strong for him. Dragos Madaras? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he, he he's playing with a Prince Beast 03, 98. Uh, and he wanted to see if I could like help him find any more because he only has five, you know, and he's probably running out. He's playing really well. Uh, he wants some futures and top 300, I think, now. So he's doing well.
1: Yeah, Dragos, uh, he has been two or three Davis Cup ties. Uh, so we have... The... Uh, a bit of contact on WhatsApp. Um, I sent him a message when he won his fourth fourth straight uh, futures event in February. In, I think it was in Turkey or Egypt. Uh, and he only has five left of those Oports um, beasts, and um, he buys them. I mean, he is not sponsored. He has to buy them himself, and he's. I think he's around top 300 in the world, and he still has to buy his rackets. Um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty strange. interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting to see like that. He not even a player like him has a sponsorship. He has to buy them for his own price money to find rackets. Um, so it's yeah, it's interesting to to see. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I I think it's something I I was discussing. I think um, with Dens maybe, but it was. This thing with, with the Breakpoint series that they're pushing on Netflix. And like I would, I mean, for outside people, I think it's it's fun to see how the tennis world is for the top pros. Because maybe there's like all oh, the life of hotels and whatnot. But for a tennis nerd or a tennis fan, it's just more exciting to know about the struggles of being like top 300 to 500 or whatever because that is not so easy you know you need to find like ways to budget and stay in not so expensive places you have to <laughs> maybe get your own rackets and and it's such a different lifestyle and it's more e- exciting and engaging to follow i think for most people
1: yeah i mean they should if they are i mean the drive to survive uh, has increased the um, the interest in formula 1 like 1000% 1, oh wow and i th- i think they are hoping for the same with tennis because a lot of the tennis fans are starting to be old and they are trying to attract a, a younger generation but i mean it would be really cool if they at least like make one episode on like show the grind uh, the grassroots grinds on the future tour or something and went down to to like a futures and see how it is when players has to maybe have their own small stringing machines and fighting for practice courts with five other players and using very old balls and stuff like that. It would be really interesting at least from a tennis nerd perspective to see that kind of struggle um, and they are showing it so it's not just glamour and maybe it will also um, give an insight to companies that um, how much like i mean if you're just giving a player like that like five rackets it could make his year Um, so it's such a low cost investment for the companies but it would help those kind of players extremely much and i think that would be pretty cool if netflix did like an episode or two from the futures and challengers
0: yeah (laughs) I agree 100%. I, I thought that because I, I, I did like the break point, but I, I thought it was maybe a little bit too polished and you want to get closer to the players. I mean, I guess like the my favorite was the episode with, I think, Badosa because I didn't know anything about her and her mental struggles and seeing the grind. I think the, their reasoning is that if you show the grind of being a top 500 tennis player, people won't want to... Try to go pro because it looks less. I mean, it's that's such a tough sport to be a pro in, right? If you're yeah, top yeah. hundred, it's fine. But if it's if you're top five hundred, like you travel, you have to travel all the time to tournaments with on a budget, and it's yeah, not so sexy anymore.
1: No, I totally agree. Um, but it's good. Every every um, thing they are doing about tennis is good. Um, so
0: yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's good to see tennis in the spotlight. We need that. Yeah, so the Prince, and I also mentioned Volkl. I tried some new Volkl frames uh, recently, and they're also quality products uh, for various different players because they, they do obviously try, like, basing on their heritage, trying to update to more modern-style frames, and, and it's quite interesting to follow that journey. But they also have fans, so both Prince and Volkl make good rackets, but they need sponsored players and that's where it kind of falls uh, a little bit sometimes because if you don't see the players on tv then people won't buy uh, they see a billion blades a billion radicals and and a lot of pure drives and pure arrows but they don't see enough of the other smaller brands that are still out there i mean Le- technifiber you see still now that that's a bit more popular and dunlop. Uh, did yep. you try the dunlop uh, fx rackets, the new ones 500. No, I
1: have not uh, got any test rackets from Dunlop, unfortunately. So, um, and I don't know if I'm going to get it uh, either. So, I have not tried them, unfortunately.
0: Hey, Dunlop, you have to send test rackets to to Henrik. He deserves them. And uh, yeah. also, I think you like them because I really like the. I mean, I, I know we talked about that like maybe a few years ago, even when the first generation came, and I was really happy with the 500. And that is still the case, but this is just a bit softer. So it's it's, uh, it's a great frame, actually. I, I really like both of them, 500 Tour and 500. And they also come in at like a, uh, I would say, a more modest price. So it's like $200 USD. And I think that it's nice to see that some brands are offering frames because now everything is getting more and more expensive. You see shoes are now up to like almost €200 Euro for a pair of shoes. And some players break shoes quickly. Uh, so that's going to be a costly Thing if the shoes are, are more expensive and, and most rackets are now like 260 uh, 60 euros you know, some new pro stats I guess quite high new heads as well and these are below 200 euros so I think that is it's good and it's good value it's, rackets
1: it's really it would be really interesting because I like the old versions so people don't confuse the models the the yellow version was really good the, I think it's called SX or something yeah and then the red uh, CX. And then the, the blue um, FX, yeah. And uh, I like them a lot. I tried them like two or three years ago, and they were really, really good. So it would be interesting to try the the updated version because the old version was good, and you say it's even better. So it would be really interesting to try.
0: Yeah, I hope you I hope you get your hands on one. Otherwise, you have to come to Marbella and try mine. Uh, but they, no, I, I like them a lot, and they they're very good. And I uh, mean, I I was on the price rant previously, but I, I now I saw on tennis whereas Europe, uh, that yeah, which is like you know typical listing prices, but it's like three hundred twenty euros for a new Pro Staff ninety seven. That is an expensive racket. That is pretty steep. I mean,
1: looking at let's say heads uh, homepage, I think uh, like a radical is like uh, three hundred and twenty euros as well. So I think most rackets are like in the. 275 to 330 euro range nowadays yeah and um to be honest that is that is too much money for most players actually that is a lot of money i mean it's you can hopefully keep them for a couple of years but it's a lot of money um so um, yeah we'll see what's happening with the uh, materials and stuff like that when the world hopefully one day goes back more to normal, and to see if the prices are lowering again or what's happening. Three yeah. three hundred plus plus euros, that's a lot of money for a racket.
0: Yeah, I think people will start to uh, if they want to save some money look at previous generations when they are on sale because I mean that's something we've recommended before. But like if I look at the new Pure Aero ninety eight, uh, it's three hundred euros now. Uh, as well and then you can probably find the the previous gen or you can even get like if you get a pure error Alpha, it's 195 so you save 100 euro it's not the same racket but I mean like the price difference from one generation to the next is quite high so uh yeah. people will people will go bargain hunting now I I have a feeling same with yeah. shoes as I said like the shoes are, are expensive just try the Adidas uh Cyber Sonic. my review will come out today at the time of talking on uh Wednesday 22nd feb. Uh, interesting shoe, speedy shoe. Uh, maybe not the most dampened for my knees. Uh, I'm not the target group for this shoe, I guess. Uh, what shoes are you using m- mainly these days? Or are you testing shoes still?
1: Uh, I'm testing the, the Asics Gel Resolution 9 that I got when I was in Marbella. It's a really good shoe. Um, I see a lot of complaints that people say that they are too uh, too. Uh, too narrow but I mean I have a pretty wide foot and they work for me uh, I know I use the my go-to shoe is the sole Court Boost I think I have two pairs left um, and then they are they are not available anymore uh, and um, the Gel Res 9 it works for me and it's not the, X, the EE width either it's the normal like uh, US 12D um, but it works for me and um it's pretty strange that some find them too narrow. Um, yeah, it's that's all. Yeah, I hope yeah, you try those. Maybe. I haven't tried the new ones. Yeah, they are really good. I like them a lot. Um I think it's a great update. Um it could be like I'm used to to ice hockey goalie skates and they are like <laughs> really really stiff. So it could be that they are like I my foot is more used to <laughs> to like a hard boot. These days, so it, it could be like that. I don't know for sure, but it's just strange that everyone is saying that they are pretty narrow when I find them not too narrow, and I have a uh, wide foot. So it's strange, but yeah. it is a good shoe, and also the the sole Boost is a really really sh- a big shame that Adidas is not making them anymore because it's for me that is the the best shoe of all time, all categories, all brands. Oh wow! Um, yeah, Never I tried. Like I'm, I'm sad to say. They are really, really good. The sole court. They are. They are like. It feels like a shoe customized for me.
0: Wow. Okay. Uh,
1: so it's it's. I yeah. I try to find them whenever I'm searching eBay or oh. stuff like that. But now I have two pairs left, and then I have to find something else. Um. Hmm.
0: It, it, where, where? What year is that shoe from?
1: Sole court boost could be maybe five years. Ago, I think they stopped production like twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. Okay, it's yeah, the yeah. shoe that Dominic team was using, if you All remember. Right.
0: But With the generation the you like is 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 the recent. If you find the recent one, it's fine, or what?
1: Yeah, they are the the sole court I think was the same generation during its entire life for the four years it was alive. It was the same shoe.
0: Okay, cool. All right, I hope to get one to try. I mean, that would be fun at some point. But I mean, like you have to buy them. And it, I mean, sometimes like all generations of shoes, I mean, they're going to bring back some famous Nike uh, shoes later this year from what I heard. And I'm also going to try the new Vapor Pro 2- 2 and the Vapor 11. So that's waiting for me in the office. I'm going to test those. Uh, a little bit struggle with Nike shoes of late, so we'll see if I I like those. Uh, but but yeah, if you find a shoe you really like, like I have a friend of mine, he bought twelve pairs of a shoe he really likes because he's like, okay, I'm, I'm they're gonna like rackets you can find usually uh, with some good sources, but shoes are tough, right? When the shoe is a few years old and and you know you can't, they don't do the same generation anymore.
1: Yeah, and the the rubber is starting to harden up, and yeah, they are just losing this the the cushioning, so it's not good to buy two old shoes either. So you have to be careful.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I'm testing these. So Cybersonic coming out today, and then I have the new um vapors. And uh, yeah, I'm always curious to hear if you have any more shoes. You also mentioned in our preamble about bags. Are you testing any bags, or um, I mean, you're a, you're a bag guy like me. I like bags, and I I, like, yeah. I have high demands so on bags as well.
1: Okay, it must be my feminine side or something, because I have <laughs> bags everywhere. I, I don't even know how many bags I have. <laughs> uh, if I don't get them to try, I buy them. So I have like uh, duffel bags, I have travel bags, um, backpacks, uh, racket bags. Uh, the latest bag I've been trying is the new Pure Aero bag. And uh, Babala normally, is the, for me, Babala is the benchmark when it comes to bags. Uh, they are so solid, uh, you don't need to have anything in them, and they are still keeping the shape, and uh, they yes, just feel solid, good quality, everything like that. Uh, I actually think that um, the latest, um, or heads, the, it started, I think, with the Gravity, like a big racket duffel bag. Uh, it's like a racket bag, but it looks like a duffel bag, mm-hmm. you know, with which one i think yeah yeah yeah. i have that i
0: have a gazillion bags as well as of course
1: yeah um that bag is really good Uh, i have the wimbledon edition the white and the green and that is just so 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 good Uh, i will never sell that bag Um, no i have that one too
0: i think the the white green head uh, bag yeah
1: yeah they are it's it's also a benchmark bag how a bag should be I thought they think that Head was looking at the Technifiber bag uh, from the beginning because they had something similar, uh, the Rack Pack or something uh, like that, I yeah, think yeah. it's called, and they have developed it, so they are really good as well. And then I also have like a Pro Stock 15-pack uh, um, Tour Team Racket bag. It's also really good quality, but... Um, I like the the um, the duffel, duffel racket bag better because you can fit more stuff in it
0: <clears throat> yeah we all, always carry like when you test stuff as you know like you, you always carry so much stuff and I I think one of the more important things and now I test like a smaller brand bags that are all very good like overall but like it my usual pet issue with these types of bags is the the, the racket pockets because they try to make them. Very smart. Like they have many compartments. They are excellent quality because they put like a lot of effort and time into this design. Uh, but then, like, I would just want to be able to put my racket in quickly without like having to hassle or, or just have to struggle to get it in or have like three rackets in one pocket and it should fit. Uh, and that's something that I've noticed is my, my general problem with a lot of the new, the, the bags from smaller brands is that they, they don't, the racket compartments are a bit too small.
1: Yeah, they are too tight. Uh, well, it feels almost like too short, and you can fit maybe two rackets in it. Yeah, and that is not how it should be. Uh, so um...
0: you do need to lug around the stuff, and like if you go to a tournament, like in, and, um, and people who travel with the tennis bag, which I've done a lot and you've done a lot, like it, it requires like very good durability and then some smart thinking, and you need to be able to to have all the stuff you want to the court, like extra shoes, wet the clothes, you know, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's really important. Um, So bags is uh, something you should really choose with. um, uh, How do you say? You should really choose it wisely because bags is also a pretty big cost these days. So choose like uh, a very neutral bag uh, that you can keep for a long time. Like the Wimbledon bag, for example, it will never be old. I mean, it doesn't care if I use a Radical or Prestige or... uh, some other colored racket it's like a new neutral yeah. type of bag so it's really good as well
0: yeah the bags are are, are very important <laughs> it sounds yeah. silly but it's it's quite important especially if you test rackets because I, I bring always around six rackets and then like for example i have people who want to try certain rackets so i only bring for myself i bring for people who want to test and then it yeah it's, it quickly expands beyond uh, and then I have to like, it's, it's annoying when you have to carry like a plastic bag with shoes or land. I also carry my tripod. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit like a, you look like you're a vagabond. Like, oh, I'm yeah I'm sleeping on the streets because I have this massive <laughs> bag with loads of stuff, you know, going fishing or whatever. That's, um, it's an interesting thing, but it, it's, yeah, it's all a part of the gear, of the gear hunt, you know? And so you recommend yeah. bubble up bags and um, the head uh, duffels are good.
1: The head duffels are really good. Um, if I had to like, I have to choose a bag. I would say the head um, head duffel, and not like the small duffel bag that the handle of the rackets are outside of the bag. I mean the the racket duffel bag. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the big one. Yeah. If I had to, yeah, if I had to choose one frame one bag, that would be my choice, at least as it is right now.
0: Yep. I it's a good one. I agree. I have a few different bags. I, I like the I have the Head Extreme Night Edition 12 pack, uh, which is super durable and it's been traveling with me, so uh, I like that one. I also like the smaller brands like the Go Sport bag. Uh, I like that one a lot. And uh, now the newer one I also have more space for rackets, so that was a good addition. I can even squeeze in four per pocket, so that is a bonus. So there are some good bags. And now I'm testing this ADV bag, uh, which I like uh, as well. They, they, they've really improved. I, I I noticed like when you make like one bag, like these small brands, they make one bag and they then they keep improving it. So they get a lot of feedback and they have time to actually sit down and listen to the feedback. It makes a much better product. I think some of the bigger brands, they don't have a really time. They just use the bags as an extra income. So they produce the same type of bag over and over again. And it's nice when they, you see like, oh, version 2 was much better than version
1: 1.0. Yeah. It's good. good with smaller brands sometimes because they are caring so much about their, um, they are selling, yes, because they have like a good product, not that the bigger brands, they also have good products, but the, uh, they are also very dependent on the advertising and pro players. The smaller brands, they are just selling for for um, because it's a good product. So they are really careful about what kind of product they are giving out on the market.
0: Yeah, that's definitely I think to um, to note. Hundred percent. All right, I'm gonna probably let you go because you are have a life besides tennis nerd universe. uh, which I don't. No, I'm joking. But uh, <laughs> uh it's it's um. It's always good talking to you. Uh, We covered quite a lot of ground. Did we miss anything? Did we miss a racket that is, I mean, are you getting the pro staffs tomorrow? I'm going to be keenly awaiting to see your pictures and see how they look in more real photos, as we mentioned. And I'm unpacking and stringing my uh, uh, shift rackets. Uh, So I'm curious about that tomorrow as well.
1: Yeah, it's nice it's always nice to have something new to try i mean imagining if you're settled with one racket and just using it for like five years imagining how boring that would be can you think <laughs> yeah. about that
0: yeah exactly <laughs> i think about that because I, I i never settle like i i find a racket like i like this racket it's good and then like few days pass and i'm, oh, I'm a bit bored of it i mean it's still good racket it's not like i changed my mind yeah. i'm just a bit bored so i i just want to play because it, like the racket affects your style as well. So maybe oh I'm playing a clay match now. It would be fun to use an arrow or, a, you know, an old soft dry, which I still play with some from time to time. And then you play like on a fast hard court, then you want to use a little bit more of a control frame whether that would be a pro staff or radical or something like that. So for me it's it's always changes and it's 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 good for me because if I settle on one racket it, it becomes more difficult to test. So I I think I just have to settle on the feeling that you keep testing and it it's fine. And it is it also it's more fun when you actually have to look forward like if you're playing like a serious game and you want to improve 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 then y- testing rackets is a bad idea so uh, and i'm not at all there <laughs> i just play the itf yeah. because i think it's fun you know
1: yeah, it's really fun i i w- i seriously never want to have like a sponsorship because then i have to use that racket all the time and uh, that would take away a lot of the fun uh, with the, uh, with tennis for me gear is like okay tennis is of course the the the, the game itself is the most important but i mean I don't know if I would play tennis that much if it was not for the gear. So um, gear is more than more than important for my tennis game at least. And I know that a lot of, especially the the listeners to this pod is in the same uh, same category that gear is important. And it's always nice to have something to blame on when you are having a bad day. It's really <laughs> yeah. Nice to
0: it adds spice to your. Uh... I think it adds spice to your tennis. Like it, it it's. It can be detrimental and also a, a source of frustration. But overall, I think it adds a bit of enjoyment uh, to the game. And I, from what I heard from this pickleball uh, rise in in the US, it's they they have a little bit of a of a nerdy. Thing I not the pros obviously they play with the same paddle all the time but then a lot of people they test they come to the court with like five different paddles because they have different spin and different power and sweet spots and I think it's there it's more natural to just have a, a like a bunch of different because you don't have that's like good. five of the same in, in pickleball
1: that's nice nice to hear pickleball maybe we should try that next time we meet
0: yeah yeah I'm I'm actually trying to get Nicky to to try pickleball because I have two two paddles to test one gravity and one uh, diadem. Warrior, uh, but he is very hard to flirt into pickleball, so uh, it's better if you come here. We can try it. Uh, but it's I'll better find... you
1: tell tell him that you should not play that um, uh, non sport paddle, and you <laughs> exactly. try pickleball. And, yeah, yeah, getting him away from paddle and uh, get him into pickleball. I think that's better.
0: Yeah, some people are hard to please. I I, I play whatever, but it's it's uh, you know it's it's, it's it's as long as there's some exercise and and some social aspect involved and and you know a beer afterwards I'll, I'll play whatever sport people suggest but uh yeah some people are harder to <laughs> to to coax into something new but yeah when you yeah. when you come here we we play some pickleball, we play some tennis and uh we we have a good time
1: absolutely that's um i think that could make some good content as well
0: yeah for sure it's always fun to try new things as well and people uh, people are curious about this growing growing sport in the u.s of course yeah Cool, man. All right, so uh, I'm gonna let you go back to your family and uh, have a nice evening. Always enjoy talking gear with you. Whenever you want, Likewise. we talk more. We talk more about gear, and we have some uh, interesting conversations. Maybe soon with your pro staff ventures uh, happening when your knee is better, or at least
1: yeah, at least uh, a couple of more weeks, and uh, then. I think I will be back on track again or otherwise I will use uh, like diclofenac pills and some uh, heavy sports tape.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's always a way around it, right? So you yeah. You yeah. have to ta- tape up and hope for the best. Yeah. That's that's how we do it. We all we all this, we have to find solutions to keep keep it on the court.
1: Yeah, we're not 20 anymore.
0: <laughs> it's sad realization, but I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to be 20 and playing almost every day. Yeah. That's, that's how it's <laughs> trying to trick trick father time it's not the easiest yeah. all right Henrik. well take care and uh we keep in touch man take care cheers cheers man
1: ciao ciao